the glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. It is, but I didn't. we didn't hear the the music at the... Well, we didn't. The <laughs> listeners did. The listeners got that well, good just for them. fine. They're, they're doing great, That's I'm what's sure. important here. Exactly. Um, yeah, so audio quality is a little different. Uh, we are on site at Baldman Brewing in Egan, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, you have your you have your mic in the wrong hand and your beer on the or your beer on the wrong side. One of the two, and this beer is really closely electronics, which I was <laughs> trying to avoid. Yeah, well, now I have to drink Lefty tonight. I'm gonna. I guess I can do uh, that. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're doing an on-site because uh, Brian's flying out to New Orleans, and we're like, oh shit, we need to get some stuff done, and also we want to uh, experiment with doing some more on-site interviews, and so that's just something we're gonna kind of be working on. So if you have any, uh, um, I guess, feedback on this, let us know. But speaking of, I should probably do the ad reads really quick, right? So if you have any questions, uh, no, that's the end of the show. Uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. Uh, during the HA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, uh, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link on our homepage or use blind studios at checkout and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppenbrell Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, Phil Feldman, and Tyler Romanski. If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. All right, Brian. Let's talk a little bit about Baldman. What are we drinking here? We are drinking a brown ale, and I haven't had enough sips to decide whether it is an American or an English style, but we can kind of get into that later. But Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is their brown ale at... Well, yeah, at, uh, at Baldman Brewing uh, here in Egan, uh, this is the. I was, I, I was, I was really hoping that you had the name. Yeah, that's so what I didn't. I, that's why I, I didn't so have to look it up. It's, it's, it's the Tupelo Honey Tupelo. Brown Ale. It's a multi black backbone followed by a sweet honey finish, six and a half percent. Uh, it's a beautiful, like, brown with, like, ruby Copper. highlights. Ruby. Copper. Well, more, yeah, ru- more, more ruby. Co- yeah. What? Oh. Yeah, more ruby. Okay, yeah, more, more ruby. ruby. And it is it is a pretty uh, bright and sunny day today. Well, at least yeah. this part of the well, day. Well, we haven't figured out how to bring our patented beer light technician on site with us yet. <laughs> Devin's in St. Louis. Yeah, well, I mean, but his skills are needed. This is true. Yeah, we're going to have to figure something out. We'll go harness them uh, in a six, five or six weeks. I go visit Devin right. down in St. Awesome. Louis. Heck yeah. And if you become a patron, maybe I'll come and visit you. <laughs> All right, it's usually how it goes, but you have to have a Frisbee, uh, Frisbee course near you. Yeah, so. if you don't have a Frisbee golf course, I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so brown ale, according yeah. to the BJCP, we are either talking about 13B, the British brown, which I think I'm leaning more towards what is, this is, yeah. uh, or the 19C American brown ale. And so what I'm going to click into is 13B because I don't find this one to be as hoppy as uh, some other examples of American and brown I, I might be a little biased because the first beer I had from them was their pub ale or their ESB. Uh, they call it Today? a pub ale. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I've just been getting like English vibes from, from this brewery. Nice. And I had one of their IPAs, which I, again, need to remember the damn name of. And it was really good. Uh, malt forward. Uh, they had... 
three IPAs on, or maybe four. Um, was it Hold the Line or Juice Box Hero? I don't remember which IPA it was. Maybe Lucy can check. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, or was it Misty Mountain with uh, Misty Citra, Mountain. Chinook, Cascade, Misty Mountain. and Very, very good. So, yeah. yep. Uh, so I'm going to check into 13B uh, British on the BJCP.org as soon as that pulls up. But I think for, for me on the nose on this one at least, um, I'm getting a very grainy malt character. It's uh, like a sweet caramel. Yep, has that definitely layered sweet caramel toffee. Yeah, like um, almost like a little honey on toast. Yeah, definitely sweet character on the finish. Um, and for sure, not overly bitter. Um, definitely a delicate bitterness that is more mid to late tongue, not all late tongue, which is awesome uh, for me anyway. Um, should I put this, st- like we get people walking past us looking at us, or should we just put a stack of stickers at the end of the table? <laughs> yeah, you could do that. <laughs> so, yeah, because this is new <laughs> for us. It's new for others. So, 13B British Brown Ale overall impression in the BJCP is a multi-brown caramel-centric British ale without the roasted flavors of a porter. Um, and uh, I'll very be light roast with you. This, like, but there's a, a little bit. Porter would definitely be uh, darker than this, more ruby hue to less brown, hence the name brown ale. So, yep. dark amber to dark reddish brown in color. Clear, which this is also clear. I think they definitely uh, did some findings on it, and that's cool, too. Um, low to moderate, off-white, light, tan head. Um, this one did not persist. Um, and at least this example. Uh, aroma for BJCP is light, sweet, malt aroma with toffee, nutty, or light chocolate notes. I'm not getting chocolate. I mean, maybe now that I read chocolate, I'll smell chocolate. I'm not getting chocolate. Okay. I'm getting... Um, and that's fine, because, you know, this... What yeah, are we I guess out? it's like a dark caramel. It's like that, mm. like, almost... <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of think of what the thing is. Uh, have you ever Maillard. had like honeycomb uh, yeah. candy? It's kind of yes. like that. Mm-hmm. So more Maillard reaction, um, and you know that, uh, that, that. What do we say? The difference between like toast, like toasted bread or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see here: light, heavy caramel quality, light but appealing floral, earthy hop aroma. Um, yeah, you could say that. Not really, like, it would be bending more towards the floral arena, um, right. but there isn't a whole lot, and there shouldn't be either. So yeah. there should be more of a hint. Light, fruity aroma may be evident. Um, versing, and I'm, this is a, I'm something I'm adding, but, like, versing into, like, your dark fruit. Um, so it should be, like, pre-dark fruit where, you know, after we start getting a little bit darker, a little bit more roasty, there will be more dark fruit involved. Um and definitely this is not a dominating hop presence, which is good, and to style, if that's what we're doing, to style. I think both of yeah. us are enjoying this beer. We are sure. we are absolutely <laughs> enjoying this. I, yeah, I don't I don't know if this fits fully in style, but it is a really good brown ale. Like it I, I feel like it's really straddling that line between American and mm-hmm. British. It it like yeah. it kinda dips into the American just a little bit and yeah. and this I unfortunately is very much a niche style. I think that when, you know, I sort of became interested in craft beer in whenever that was to I don't know like I think I became interested in home brewing before I understood that there was a thing there was craft beer so I, like they kind of came up at this about the same time for me too it was well like I like making stuff and yeah. now I'm hyper fixated on this thing so right so uh, let's make a podcast around it 
So if you want to really think about it, what was it the, the brewery that kind of came screaming into the market with a brown ale was um, New Belgium. With their fat tire? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is more of an American style, and this is definitely not. Yeah. Well, um, and, and I mean... It, like we, you said, it all, rides the line. Like, well, that I think American, the, the American brown ale was like the go-to early recipe for a lot of homebrewers, yeah. thanks to Tasty McDole. Like, mm-hmm. like, Tasty, rest in yeah. peace. Yeah. Like Janet's brown was, or I guess that's more brown IPA, but it's a mm-hmm. brown ale. He called it a brown ale for years. Yeah. So on the mouthfeel side, medium light to medium body, very much this high, uh, medium high carbonation. I would say this is more medium carbonation than the one that we're drinking. Uh, any kind of history, uh, Great Britain, uh, modern brown ale is a 20th, 20th century creation as a bottled product. It's not the same as the historical products. Uh, the gravity ranges pretty widely. This one, I think, was more towards like 6.5%, if I remember correctly. Uh, this one, like a beer British, is only going to sit around 5.4, but your American is definitely going to be much higher uh, by at least 1%. Yeah. Um, more malty in British. Uh, more malt flavors from darker grains. And like I said, on the nose, this is definitely more grainy, which I really like. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot that I had EQ uh, on this board, and I should probably adjust that instead of leaving everything in the middle, and now I feel much better. How does it sound? It sounds much better. I don't have headphones on. I know. We, like, I was feeling very dead, and now I feel bouncy. Oh, lovely. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the other thing that we're going to, uh, I think that kind of covers this beer. Uh, we'll try, we're going to do a second episode here as well. Uh, we haven't quite figured out what we're going to try next. I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm leaning towards that pub ale again, but we'll figure it out. Because, like, there's, but there's also some really good hops here, so... We'll make a decision after the show. But uh, let's get on to our discussion topic, if that's okay, okay with you, Brian. Yeah. Trying to see. I don't, like, have my normal uh, time counters, so I'm like, make oh. sure we're good. Like, we got, all right, so we spent 10 minutes on that. We're I good. can kind of see it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we're starting a new series, and, or what I think will be a new series. It's an idea I had that I think could be a fun series. It is truly kind of up to listeners, too. Like, if you guys like this, then tell us. And if yeah. you, you know, we'll if get more If you absolutely into, hate it, like, let us know. We can get more into how it might work, too, so. Yes. So, um... We have, uh, like, uh, this is kind of a throwback to those, like, article, like, letter, like, things like mm-hmm. Dear Abby or whatever, except we're calling it Help Gary. <laughs> and we have our hypothetical friend Gary, who's a home brewer, and he has problems. Poor mm-hmm. Gary. So Gary has recently switched to all grain and ran into some issues with his first beer. So here's here's the story, and then we'll um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about what Gary did well and how we can uh, help Gary. So uh, Gary was really excited to start homebrewing all grain after a couple of successful extract batches. He spent days reading forum threads and articles about all grain brewing and DIY mash tons. He did some late night shopping and finally had everything he needed to assemble his rectangular mash t- uh, cooler mash tun with PVC manifold. He then booted up his new brewing software and built a Hefeweizen recipe, um, which is 50% wheat, 50% pills Ooh. with uh, <laughs> an ounce of Hollertau uh, at 60 minutes and fermented with uh, Y-East 3068 Vine Stefan uh, yeast. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Um, not having a mill when he ordered his grains, he had the shop milled them for him. Uh, the ingredients arrived, and Gary started his brew day using his turkey burner. He heated up his water to 162. 
mashed in and took a temperature reading of 152. So about 10 degree drop there. That's pretty normal. Uh, so far, so good. An hour in, uh, he had his trusty pitcher and started to louder the mash tun. After pulling about three quarters of a gallon off the mash tun, the flow stopped. His mash was stuck. Gary then used a large ladle to transfer the mash to a new vestible, a vessel, uh, unstuck the mash, and tried again. On the second try, he was able to get the bed to set, and the wort fo- flowed freely. He then batched sparge with the remaining water at 170. Uh, the volume in the kettle seemed fine, and Gary boiled for 60 minutes. After the boil, he chilled the beer, pulled the sample, and put it into fermenters. Checking the sample, the specific gravity was way lower than he expected to be. He expected it to be. It was 1041 versus 1051. He figured he couldn't do anything about it now, pitched his yeast, and set it in the corner of the basement to ferment. From that point, everything went well and ended up tasting fine. So, Brian, what did Gary do well? Um, he... <laughs> I mean, how, how broad do you want to be here? I mean, so. I, I think I think Gary did a few few good things here. Uh, I think he did... He I think did his, l- ma- his mash temps were good. Like yeah, that. he did well on, on his mash temps, certainly. Uh, um, I think his recipe was fine, except for one uh, key missing ingredient. Well, what did he do? Reading, a, let's see, 152. Is that what he... he what did he... He mashed in at... Uh, he mashed in at 162, and then he, he got had 10-degree loss. Yeah. I think feel like you could go as low as 148 on that, but on a half, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we, I guess, we can get to because maybe we're with our more alcohol, less temp, like our, could, our malt thing, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Fix, so well, one but, thing is like Gary didn't know what his numbers were. Mm-hmm. Like, um, well, all right. I want to focus on the good first. Mm-hmm. Gary also like he did some research. He built his own DIY mash tun, which is awesome. That's huge, yeah. Um, like that's that like that's a, that's a big thing. He did he did some extract first, and then took the took the leap. Um, and he had the cojones to build his own recipe first. He and he started with something uh, fairly simple and easy to ferment, like a half of bison. I feel like there's a lot of room for error in a half. There is with that with that yeast variety, like, and then if you it it doesn't say we haven't asked Gary. Uh, who is fictitious? We haven't asked him if he has temp control, which I'm assuming We're he does. We're going to assume Gary does not have temp control. And he did late night shopping, which, you know, is always interesting. Well, you I'm know. Assuming it's... he had a few pints before he was doing Oh, some of course. He's probably listening shopping. to his favorite uh, beer podcast, Homebrew Bound. He's probably listening and... to Homebrew Bound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He maybe even was watching the stream and thinking that Brian was rakishly yeah, well, handsome. That's that's something we haven't figured out yet for these remote <laughs> things is how do we do the stream? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Oh yeah. Now, uh, let's see. What do we got? Here what did he do well? So yeah, mash temps, everything looked good, everything looked good. Um, he another thing he did well was um, he was able to use the large ladle to transfer the mash to a new vessel and unstick. Um, in in our our good patron and and you know friend uh, Andy uh, Hickenbotham. Yeah, uh, if it's not Hickenbotham. A brew, that's definitely it. If if it's not a brew day, no, it's not a brew day unless there's a cock up. That's true. That's one of my favorite things, and I, I Thanks, said Andy. that I said that the other day. I said that's not blank unless there's a cock up. And so, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, that one's it's stuck. Not, <laughs> it's a good saying. We should put Core that on a T-shirt. It's not a brute. Core unless there's a cock up. <laughs> Andy uh, Higginbaum, we're gonna steal that from you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did I say it wrong? I can't yeah, you sure really, did. You called him Hickenbottom. Well, I, if I had headphones, I could maybe hear the nuance. Uh, yeah, well, I need headphones next time. We'll 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 get there. Yeah, yeah, Anywho. we'll get there. 
moving we'll on. We'll split it out. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe you can have the headphones for the next episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, Why do you not like them? Oh, no, it's fine. Are they it's crushing just... your head? No. I fine. notice that your head is smaller. <laughs> <laughs> You've had too many pints. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what can Gary fix? What can Gary fix? Yeah. What's, um, what's the big one? There's definitely one big one here. I had an issue, and maybe this isn't it, but I had an issue with his uh, grist ratio. Um, I think starting out uh, with 50% wheat is, that's why I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and he forgot to order rice hulls. He definitely forgot to order rice hulls. Even like, you can do a fifty-fifty, but you need like twenty-five yeah, percent d- rice hulls. Fifty-fifty, and there's some. There are some other products that will help with that sort of thing in the mash, but mm-hmm. they're they're pretty advanced, and maybe we won't necessarily get into them depending yeah. on time. But. Um, that said, uh, he needed to order. I mean, I'm thinking. Where we? How many? How many ounces? How many pounds? Um, for this, uh, fifty-fifty. I would do a pound and a half, maybe two pounds. If I was really worried about it, to do two pounds. So, like with rice hulls, you're not really out anything for using them. They're not going to absorb no. a ton of water. You might need to add more in your sparge. You might need to do like it. how Casey and I did and completely transfer and heat in a different. Oh, you mean like what had Gary had to do, like with this large ladle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, poor, poor Gary. You got a large ladle on deck. I hope so. Yeah, you know when you got the large ladle, like, and we're doing a decoction, it is fine. Gary could have done a decoction here, I suppose, a decocted hefeweizen, but that would have been wrong, Gary. Yeah, it would have been wrong, and I don't honestly like. I you can you can email me personally if you can taste the difference difference uh, in a beer that was decocted or not decocted. Like, yeah, well, that's I don't. I that has been a um, a homebrew bound topic that has been kicked around since day one because Fredrickson really wants me to do decoction mash. Well, um, but that's that's uh, yeah. But it's no, but it's it's also like um, I think Ethan and I had that discussion. Um, I had that discussion with you. I've had that. Discussion that was like with our hot break discussion. Like, do you skim or not skim or does yeah, hot or hot side aeration? I meant yeah, like it's don't. Uh, don't believe in it. Yeah. Well, hot side aeration, though, like, there's some merit to, but it's... See? Yeah. But there's <laughs> there's there's no merit to uh, decoction because no. it's too much damn work. It's a bunch of bullshit. Your surly old brewers when? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. What else? Um, yeah, so other things uh, in here. Yeah, so rice hulls, I think, is the big one. Uh, backing off on that wheat in the recipe would also be good. I mean, I can fully appreciate 50% wheat. Oh, yeah. You should brag about that if you... If you pull that off. Yeah. Like, it's 50 And you made your gravity and everything. Like. Yeah. He didn't make his gravity, though. He was 10 he points low. He did not. Why? Why? Um, I mean, it could be any number of things. It could be mash ton geometry. It could be um, the like when he was transferring one thing to another, he didn't take another temperature reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know like how much how much temperature did Gary lose when he was unsticking his mash? Like, so did he need to add more hot water in order to get the enzymes going again? Right. So as aspect ratio applies to fermentation, it applies to 
your mash ton height versus like you know the gravity how much weight is crushing yeah. pushing what your channels are looking like on, looking like on your on your mash mm-hmm. uh, things like that so um, like if your fermenter is too tall it'll crush the yeast with the sheer weight of everything on top of it um, if that makes sense that's what I meant by a, uh, aspect ratio so <laughs> and, uh, the it height needs to be, width. you know geometrically as wide as you know and then the cone you know if the cones wider then it can be a little bit yeah. taller so anyway um, let's see other things uh, uh, he only did a 60 minute boil for Pilsner malt but he didn't have any fermentation issues so that's fine or uh, I'm sorry tasting issues um, Pilsner malt especially with a like a high percentage like that a 90 minute boil uh, can sometimes be prudent in order to drive off all of those DMS per, uh, precursors uh, but he didn't run into that issue so it's probably fine you know, no, another thing I thought of was, like, how um, the wheat kind of gelatinizes. Like, it, like not only will that cause the stuck mash, but it'll also cause inefficiency issues. So, I mean, I think that might be yeah. another oh, absolutely. piece to the puzzle of being 10 points low. 10 points low, um, absolutely. Is that it's gelatinizing and, you know, it's it's kind of like that, uh, another parallel, like when you're dry hopping, in a, in a hop sock, like, the stuff in the middle maybe isn't getting, you know, the... the oh, yeah, if he didn't mix his area, mash enough. You didn't mix the mash enough, and yeah. you're gelatinizing. Like, that's another, um, you know, and then um, we could also probably talk about mill gapping with the wheat versus... Um, yeah, well, barley. he doesn't have a mill. He doesn't have his uh, homebrew shop do the milling. Right. I mean, maybe in the notes in the on the order he could request, you know, or uh, yeah, maybe that's not gap. possible. But you I, know. some places it still is. Um, I don't think Northern Brewer does that anymore. Okay. Um, so crush harder, you won't have as big of a problem with the efficiency. But I think while you. <laughs> turn it more into flour you're probably dealing with more rice hulls yeah well and i think so i think there's some easier steps before you before you start looking at the crush especially if um a homebrew shop is doing it and it's out of your hands right um if they were having massive uh efficiency issues i feel like they'd be hearing about it like if their crush was bad at least every uh Every brewer I know who gets large amounts of grain from a homebrew shop that's crushed complains about it. So if something's off. Well, I mean, you think about it. They're, you know, working in a retail store and not that people. (laughs) Yep. You know. Um, And then, like, honestly, I think the biggest thing is Gary took a reading at the end and didn't take readings throughout the process. This is is something where if he had checked his uh, gravity at the beginning of the boil, he could have adjusted his boil. He could have boiled longer, and that would have – he would have come down with less volume but would have hit the gravity that he was looking for. Um, Also, if he had done it before he – if he had taken the reading before he chilled, he could have added DME. That's not – or at least before he pitched. Like, it's still – like, even after you chill, you can still add DME back in uh, or LME, depending on what you want to do. Oh, whatever you want to do. So you you can back gravity that way. 
Um, it mean, doesn't he, solve the underlying was, thing, but God, he was pretty sticky as it was, and so adding either LME or DME might, you know, you just, just that's just more stirring. But he had that big that big ladle. Maybe did he have a big spoon or a mash paddle? Too? I'm sure he had a big spoon. <laughs> I don't like. I mean, Do I haven't I haven't Gary brewed with not? Gary. Like <laughs> I've just been talking with Gary. Oh, like we, okay. we went. Like he sent me this story. Well, I also liked that. I mean, Gary also is responsible for writing all of the BJCP guidelines. So. <laughs> It's a generic guy. Yeah, Gary. Oh, hey guys. Uh, it's Gary. Gary. Um, but yeah, I like. I really like the recipe. It is incredibly simple, and I think when when you can just put wheat, Pilsner, Hallertau together with a you know a thirty sixty eight Weinstefan, like uh, that's just a killer beer recipe. Yeah, you, you know what? You know you what the worst part of this recipe is what? Like a uh, little like how the sausage is made. Chet GBT wrote this recipe. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, but honestly, this it, it, this is great. Like, I think the yeast does most of the work. Oh, oh in uh, this kind of beer, yeah. In this beer, but... Um, oh, my... So, can I tell you a, um, a related German wheat beer story? Mm. Like... Oh, yeah, we got time. Um, so, I was at a local uh, establishment the other day, and they had Paulaner Pilsner on tap. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get a Paulaner. And so I ordered it, and it came. And I'm like, that is not a Pilsner. That is very cloudy. Do you know how that how often that happens? And then I took a took Me. a big a big glug, and there was you, so much banana. You took a glug, and it was it was definitely um, the Paulaner like half or yeah. Vine Stefan half. Like it was one of those two. I mean, and I was like, cool. hey, <laughs> I don't like. I'm not com- like I'm not mad, but I don't think that's the Pilsner on. I think you have the wrong tap handle. And they're like. No, I just never liked that Pilsner, but that's the Pilsner. I'm like, okay. Oh, you guys can't on. see me shaking my head <laughs> vigorously. Do you, like, understand how often that happens to... to uh, I'm, I'm certain the listeners, this probably happens to you guys too, but, like, how, how much restraint there is to not, just not really... I'd be like, do you know who I am? I, I have never, ever pulled that. Like, I, I know Brian. I don't. Oh, my God. That's a throwback. I try. I never tried to lean on any of that because, you know. Nobody gives a shit. No, nobody gives a shit. And if they do, they'll know who you are anyway. It doesn't yep. matter. Like, you know, nobody cares. Nobody cares. God, what's what's in, in Jurassic Park? Dodson. Do- we've got Dodson here. Dodson See, nobody, over here. See, nobody, nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Sorry, that like like uh, reading that like yeast like really brought back that memory from yesterday. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. I don't know. I think that's it, man. I think I think that's it for Gary. Uh, I don't know. What how, what did you think? Let's do just like on air. Like, what did you think of the Gary story? Like, do you I like this format? Like, I, okay. I think I like it a lot, and I think that it, we were talking off mic, and I I think this. This will work for us in, until you folks say otherwise. And I think if you have um, your own sort of foibles that happen during the brew day, we'd we'd turn it into a Gary story. And if you wanted us to use your your actual name, we would. And if you didn't, we wouldn't. So yeah, well, and honestly, like if you have a brew story that you're like, ah, this is kind of embarrassing, but other people could learn from it, and you don't want your name attached from it, just like send it to me and let me know it's a Gary story. We, and we then, could just call it like Caca. Cockups with Gary. Cockups with... I like that. Cockups with Gary. (laughs) That's... Yeah, no, that's that's what this is called now. 
All right. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions, show uh, show ideas or what have you, or any cock-ups for Gary, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at blindnessstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnessstudios. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Blind Ninja Studios. And I'll see you guys next week. Don't forget your ladle. Peace. Peace.